Welcome to Life School Series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and 4 days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share, I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones? As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births, c-sections, baby massage and more, I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about. Thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Bumps and Babies with hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner and hypnobirthing specialist Jasmine Collin. This episode was recorded virtually during lockdown, so apologies in advance if the sound quality isn't 100%. I'd also just like to take this opportunity to say to all the mums-to-be out there during these very uncertain times, you are not alone. If you'd like to reach out to myself or Jasmine, you can find our contact details in the show notes below. Happy listening. Jasmine, welcome to Life School. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for um, taking part in my first virtual podcast. Um, I really hope technology is on our side today. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm so glad you can't see me right now, actually. It's nice to be doing it um, virtual because, um, yeah, the house is a mess and I'm a mess. And, um, yeah, it's just nice to be here, though. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm in my PJs. Yeah. I've got a top knot. <laughs> Zero. I haven't worn makeup in weeks now. I can't even remember the last time I put makeup on my face. Um, but just as, as a small disclaimer for anyone listening, this is both our first time um, recording virtually. Yeah. So um, fingers crossed. Like I said, technology will will be on our side. But Jasmine, how are you? How are you? Uh, how are you doing during this crazy lockdown time? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy and very interesting time. I think um, I think like everybody, I've probably gone through uh, different stages of um, uh, sort of mental health <laughs> um, as it's progressed from kind of panic to start with, and then um, just adjusting to the the uh, lockdown and being being in the house with the family. Um, so yeah, we're doing okay. Um, and everyone's kind of doing their thing. Um, in some ways, it's quite a relief to to get some downtime and um, reconnect with the family and uh, myself. Um, so in that respect, it's quite nice to have a lot of the outside pressures off. But obviously, it's it's a it's a kind of scary time. But um, but yeah, there's I think there's a lot of positives that can come out of it as well. So fingers crossed, we'll all come out um, better people and hopefully to a better world as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a changed world, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, for me, one of the sort of the hardest things to get my head around is just the 
uncertainty of it all because there's no there's no sort of definite ending mm, yes and there's so much speculation on a daily basis yeah um you know as as we get um you know new updates and things coming in and it's um sometimes you just have to sort of shut yourself off from it um yeah because it can it can be a little bit sort of overwhelming i think yeah and i think I think pregnant women uh, have that anyway, regardless of the corona situation. There's a lot of, mm. you know, information coming at you all of the time about childbirth and pregnancy and parenting. And so uh, even without this going on, it's quite overwhelming. Um, but this on top of it can kind of, uh, you know, kind of ramp up those, um, you know, the anxiety or the not being feeling in control, not knowing when when it's going to end or what's going to happen next, and um, that's actually very much like birth, uh, or certainly like labour, mm. um, with the not knowing bit. So um, yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting and, and tough time for pregnant women right now. I think. Well, this is something we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, but I want to start by talking about your journey to becoming a hypnotherapist and hypnobirthing specialist. Sure. So where did it all begin? Well, uh, I think it yeah, it probably all began with my first pregnancy, really, which was uh, about 14 years ago now. My daughter's now 13 and a bit. Um, before that, I had no, you know, sort of education in childbirth or anything like that um, I think I was pretty typical um, woman at that point in my pregnancy where um, I just assumed that there was going to be lots of suffering and lots of pain and all of the terrible things I'd ever heard about you know the birth that I'd watched at, in childbirth education when I was 14 years old um, and all of my kind of uh, uh, ideas about birth were very much there's going to be lots of pain and lots and lots of suffering. So um, I was about 33 or four weeks pregnant when a friend of mine, we were talking about what kind of birth we wanted. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have an epidural and uh, I don't want any of that pain and suffering. Thanks. And I, you know, I'm drugged all the way. I was very, um, uh, very keen actually to take um, as many drugs as I could to avoid that pain and that suffering that I'd heard so much about so um and she gave me a book and it was called the gentle birthing method um by a, an indian doctor called dr gowry Mutha. um and in it it had so it had some great advice on edu uh, nutrition and physical exercise and then a really interesting section at the back on mind preparation and during that and in that section there was uh, a little section on your beliefs about birth and it questioned, it got you to question where your birth about belief came from. And it talked about something called the curse of um, Eve, which was in the Bible. And I was brought up very religiously. So um, I was conditioned and programmed to believe that um, women were destined to, to suffer in childbirth evermore because of um, Eve giving Adam the mm -hmm. apple in the Garden of Eden. So it wasn't surprising that um, I, I believe that because that's what I was taught as a young, as a young girl. And everything I heard after that kind of reinforced that message. Um, and then I just, I kind of asked myself where that had come from and if I wanted to believe that anymore. And within a few seconds, I just realized what a load of rubbish it was. Um, and actually I could let go of that belief and, and the letting go of that belief changed the course of my life. 
So I went on to listen to the CD at the back of the book for a few weeks. Um, still open to drugs if I needed them and interventions if it was going to be for the safety of my baby. But um, opened myself up to other other possibilities. And I listened to a recording and, and then when I went into labor, um, I didn't even realize in I was in labor for the first six hours. I was kind of in denial. I didn't think it was anything terrible. I thought it was a bit of um, wind, actually, um, or, you know, maybe the Braxton Hicks. Um, and then by the time I realized I was in labor about 8 p.m., um, it all went very quickly, so quickly I didn't actually, I kind of only made it to the hospital with about 15 minutes to spare because wow. I hadn't got a clue how far along I was. Um, I spoke to the midwives at 11 p.m. and on the phone and I said, shall I come in? And they said, oh no, you sound like your age is away yet. And I was like, okay, fair enough, I'll just stay here. Um, and my water's uh, released or broke at home and then we had a 45 minute uh, journey to the hospital while I was in you know second stage of labor so my baby was coming there was nothing I could do about it my body just started to um, push her out all by itself um, and then when I got to the hospital 15 minutes later she was in my arms and that was about quarter past midnight so from that experience I realized that you know there are other possibilities to um, our birth experiences and with a bit of mind preparation and a bit of trust and a bit of kind of surrendering to the process and trusting the process actually made my birth uh, pretty straightforward um, I wouldn't say pain-free but very manageable um, drama-free um, pain any no, drug-free no interventions and it wasn't all the like pain and suffering that you no, I, previously imagined no I thought it was quite manageable there were times where I thought oh my god this is intense and this is really tough but you know one of my mantras or thoughts I kept thinking about was if my body is doing this by itself how can it be wrong and if it's not wrong it can't be dangerous and if it's not dangerous then I can just let it get on with it job and the more I could get out of the way mentally the easier it became the more trust but it, there was a certain amount of surrendering to the unknown which you know which was tough uh, but you, I kept having to choose that because you know the other direction was fear anxiety and therefore potential more tension and therefore I would have probably felt it more painfully so there was this kind of surrendering and trust of the process and in my in my body and in mother nature and her design for for childbirth. So um, after that experience, I became quite uh, interested in childbirth. Um, that was in the UK and we moved to Abu Dhabi um, when my daughter was one. I then became a doula, I did some doula training and I attended uh, a lot of birth as a doula so that's um, like a trained birthing companion and I really noticed over time that the couples that had had some childbirth education and preparation beforehand had a lot better outcomes um, in birth than those who kind of just showed up on the day and mm. went with the flow. Um, I do believe in going with the flow as far as your body is concerned Unfortunately, though, when you arrive at the hospital with no um, preparation, you end up kind of going with the f maybe more medicated flow. Um, and so 
then I decided that I wanted to get to couples earlier than um, just kind of a week or two before their birth. Um, and I wanted to train in something that would prepare them. So I looked into hypnobirthing um, courses and trained as a Mongan method teacher. And that's the US program, probably one of the most original programs there is. Most of the other hypnobirthing um, classes that you see are kind of a spin-off of those that method. And I taught, I've been teaching that for, I taught that for a number of years. And then about five years ago, I decided to um, deepen my practice of hypnotherapy and become a clinical hypnotherapist. So I did a year's diploma course. And now I kind of um, combine my Mongan method training with my hypnotherapy training and my doula training. And I'm also an NLP practitioner, so neuro-linguistic programming. And I combine all of those tools and ideas um, with kind of going back to basics as far as how our, how our bodies are designed to birth and try and help couples to um, go into their births feeling calmer, more prepared. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing that for about 10 years, nearly 11 years. And then I had my son um, while I was doing my... Um, hypno birthing training actually so I got to try out all of these new tools from that training on my second birth um and I had and a how was that it was it was um it was still very calm but it was still very um eventful in that I had planned a, I had planned a home birth a home water birth this time in my mum's house in the UK even though I was living in Abu Dhabi I went home early and planned that um, because I felt that my first birth had gone so well, I thought, well, I, I could have stayed at home for my first one. And, and um, so I felt very confident in staying at home for my second. And again, it, it kind of went, it kind of got ahead of me and I didn't realize how far along I was. Um, I spoke to the midwife when I was, a, when the surges or contractions were about three minutes apart. And I said, I think you should come now. And they just said, okay, well, uh, let's wait a bit. Let's wait until they're two minutes apart and then we'll come. And I was just, I kind of went, oh, okay. Um, forgot to tell them that I was a hypnobirthing teacher. Forgot to tell them that um, I had a quick first birth. And then after I got off the phone, I got in the water. And you know what it's like when you get in a bath and you just kind of fully relax and your whole body yeah, just... Yeah, instantly relax. Instant relaxation. And then, and then... I was like, uh oh, here he comes. And you know, you can feel it. You can feel when your body and your baby are, are kind of going into stage two because it's very different to the surges or contractions of stage one. And I said to my husband, he's coming. And he's like, oh God, not again. And, um, and we tried to get the midwives there, but they couldn't get there on time. So we had to call an ambulance, even though we didn't really need one. So half an hour, or maybe 10 minutes later, I can't remember, the, I could hear the sirens coming down the road. The, the, my mum was trying to get them to have a cup of tea in the kitchen to to stop them coming in um, and they walked in and one of them, the older one said oh uh, and I was in the, I was butt naked now in the pool um, feeling my baby coming and he said oh no she's still a, two, she's still a couple of hours away her, her belly's still really high up and I remember turning around and saying two hours, you are joking this baby is coming in like the next few minutes um 
And that's exactly what happened. And they, the two ambulance men were standing there watching while my husband um, received my baby's head as it came out because, you know, he was just there and that's what was happening. Um, and then I think around then the midwife arrived, but it was all kind of done and dusted by then. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, once, once your body takes over, there's not much you can do to stop it. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a lovely, it was, the best thing about a home birth was that you could, I could just get out of the pool and sit on the sofa and eat my mum's lasagna and, and everyone went home and we were just at home and it was, it was a very beautiful birth regardless that of the drama. That just sounds incredible. <laughs> and, and do you think that it was a combination of your training, um, being at home, the environment, the water, um, was it all those sort of things that contributed, do you think, into you having a, you know, a really smooth, obviously eventful, but a, yeah. a smooth birth? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I had planned to use the water much earlier on to labour, um, you know, and sort of do the labour in it. I mean, I wanted a water birth, but for me, the lab, you know, I think the labouring in water is actually the most useful. Um so, but I do think that that full relaxation of the body just moves things along even quicker um, at that point. Um, I think being at home is lovely because, you know, you can really manage the environment. And even though I did have two complete strangers staring at me while I was naked in the tub, um, it didn't bother me. Um, and yeah, I had, I had full trust in my body. Um, and I think my training and, and experiences by then had had led me to have that trust but I think that trust is even there for my first labor as well so um yeah, yeah. it sounded like you sort of laid the foundations for your yeah. first and then you just built on it yeah. um and for people that don't know can you explain a bit about what hypnobirthing is because I think some people may have heard of it but don't really have any idea yeah what it is Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think hypnobirthing has become quite um, more popular these days and um, more people have heard of it because I think, um, you know, we've got royalty, um, UK royalty yes, doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Experience, she, she did. And, um, and lots of celebrities as well. So they might, you might have heard of it, but um, it's, it's basically a childbirth preparation method um, that gives couples the, the knowledge, the skills, uh, and the confidence to have, uh, you know, a positive birth. Um, we do focus on a natural, the natural process of birth because it is designed really well. So we, we focus on supporting the natural process as much as possible, but we also prepare couple, it also prepares the couples for other paths that birth may take. So, you know, I'm not against um, interventions and, and other medical procedures when they are life-saving, when they can really um, affect the, the safety of the mother and the baby. But we try and follow the natural approach as much as possible. And um, doing the classes helps kind of stack the odds in couples' favor of that. We don't promise a natural birth. We don't promise uh, a pain-free birth. Um, but I'd like to kind of think that the classes can guarantee a positive birth experience whatever path it takes so um, on the classes the couples will learn um, all about birth biology how you know women's bodies are designed to give birth um, 
and how to support that with the environment and make sure that um, mum's autonomic nervous system is in the, the parasympathetic part of the nervous system and not in the stress fight or flight response, which slows down labor. Um, how dads can create um, and help with that environment. Mums will learn breathing techniques. Uh, we use creative visualization, uh, very deep relaxation, otherwise known as hypnosis or self-hypnosis. Um, and in labor itself, that's really useful because mums can fully relax and let go. And the more you can relax and let go and surrender to the process, the easier it becomes and the quicker it, it goes. Um, but pre-labor as well, we use self-hypnosis to reprogram the mum's and dad's um, kind of belief system about birth. So we go into um, the subconscious, we kind of weed out any negative uh, belief or uh, limiting thoughts uh, or limiting beliefs so that mums just kind of let go of the old programming and the old story around childbirth, which we which is in us inherently through the media, uh, mm. religion, um, soap operas, you know, and the stories that we hear um, tend to be fairly negative um, because, you know, those, those stories just kind of get passed around. And we, we want to clear that out so that we can help couples have a more, you know, a neutral start. And then we program them with lots more positivity about birth. So we watch really positive birth stories, not always natural ones. We watch induction birth, we watch C-section birth, all using hypnobirthing techniques to help parents stay calm and in control of their emotional state, no matter what's going on around them. Um, and we also cover birth preferences and how to make informed decisions about your care. Um, so yeah, that's all incorporated in my class, my classes anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's so important for people that might be a little bit put off by the sort of, um, you know, maybe hippie connotations mm. that come with hypnobirthing yep. to, to kind of know that it's not, it's not just about, you know, if you do a hypnobirthing course, like you said, you're not guaranteed a natural birth or you, even if that's not your preference, but about learning how to manage situations and be in that place of choice. Because yeah. I think when you're calm, you can then make sort of rational decisions. Whereas I've heard from a lot of women that with, with their births, they felt like it sort of happened to them yeah. everything was very like rushed it was a bit of a blur they didn't know what was going on yeah. and that makes me so sad because I just think you know if you just have a few tools in your toolkit to be able to be really present and in the moment and go hang on a minute okay let me just let me pick out some of these tools and be able to kind of just be present and in that place of choice then regardless of what path it takes you'll feel positive you'll yeah. feel, you know you'll feel really good about it at the end yeah absolutely. because um, I think that's all we really want isn't it we yeah. just want to have a really positive birth experience yeah. and start our lives with our children you know in that in that really positive yeah. way yeah um yeah. because it makes me so sad when I hear about people who look back on their birth and feel you know regret or a sense of failure yeah. or 
anger like that yeah it, may, it makes me really sad and I'm sure you're the same and you must see this all the time I'm sure you get a lot of ladies that come to you that have had a trauma with their first or second birth and are looking to sort of heal that yeah I do I get a lot of second second timers who um feel exactly that way um about their birth um and you know when they do the classes they're like oh my god I wish I'd done something like this before um and they usually are the most evangelical about the classes because they realize how important the information and the skills were. Um, and yeah, it can be quite a healing process for them to use them in their second birth and feel more, you know, more in control and um, calmer and more informed about the whole, the whole thing. And you're so right about the, you know, the birth, a positive birthing experience. Um, when you look at a study that was done, it was a, study done in Sweden and they talked to a lot of mothers about what made their birth a positive experience there wasn't anything about oh it had to be vaginal oh I had whale songs singing in the background or you know the the, the ingredients of a positive birth are um, feeling um, in control feeling like you were the one making the decisions and they need to be informed decisions so you're given all the information about the benefits and the risks of each procedure and they felt they were a part of the, the decision-making process, that they felt safe and supported by their husbands and their uh, doctor and the hospital um, was supportive. Um, and, you know, feeling like they'd done a good job, no matter how it went, feeling that they'd done their best. Um, um. Like you say, you know, going into early parenting, feeling good about themselves and not feeling like a failure um, and being able to meet their babies, you know, emotionally right from the very beginning rather than having to process the trauma of that birth experience. Because I think that takes you away from your baby in those first few moments, hours, days, mm. weeks, potentially even longer where you are... Um, yeah, processing a traumatic experience. And and we touched on this in the beginning. Um, you know, obviously being pregnant during any time can be, you know, it can be stressful. There's a lot of uncertainty. You can suffer with anxiety on varying degrees um, around all sorts of elements of, of pregnancy. But obviously during these times, I feel like that is sort of ramped up, like you said. Um, how do you think hypnobirthing can help even more so during these sort of very uncertain, scary coronavirus times? Mm. Yeah, I think, like I was saying before, labor's um, a very unique opportunity for us to learn certain life lessons um, and learning that, you know, we don't actually have any control over our external circumstances or not as much as we we like to believe um, is is a really important place to get to. Um, and I really believe that the hypnobirthing tools um, kind of help mums to realize where their true power lies. And that's, you know, kind of deep within themselves um, in their ability to manage their state um, or self-regulate or um, so that they can remain calm and feel in control no matter what's happening around them. Um, 
So I think, especially in, in labor, this is something that women uh, learn quite quickly, um, or hopefully learn quite quickly, so they can just let go and surrender to the process. Um, and like you say, yeah, especially in this time, I think we have to acknowledge that we don't have a lot of control over what's going on, um, but we do have control over our internal state. So um, learning how to use your breath, um, to calm your nervous system down, um, you know, not doing too much social media of negative things going on around you. I mean, I would say that to any pregnant woman to limit the amount of um, negativity and anxiety provoking news or stories. I would say, you know, stop doing that. But especially now with, with um, the COVID-19 situation, I would say to limit that as much as possible and focus on what you do want. So creative visualization of how you want the birth to go, um, using the relaxation um, that you get in a hypnobirthing course. Or if you're not doing a course, just find something um, that relaxes you. There's lots of free stuff online these days. Um, so making time to, to um, prioritize your mental and emotional state. Um, so yeah, and obviously the hypnobirthing tools that you'd learn on the course would help with all of that. Yeah, because I, I, I personally know that there are quite a lot of pregnant women at the moment that are due very soon mm. who are having to completely reassess their birth plans or birth preferences, we should yep. say. Um, they are having to kind of accept the reality that, you know, their family isn't going to be with them. Yeah. Because flights, you know, have been cancelled. They can only have one birthing partner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of sort of changes to have to accept mm. um, while still grappling with the uncertainty of, you know, we don't 100% know how our babies are going to come into the world and how it's all going to kind of pan out. So mm -hmm. I imagine like now more than ever, having those having those tools would really help just to keep you calm in what is a really sort of surreal time to be pregnant um and and quite isolating for some people I think as well because you don't have that immediate unless your family is already here mm. you don't have that immediate support do you so I think that could really impact how new mums yeah. are feeling yeah I mean the good thing about joining a, a either a hypnobirthing class or another childbirth preparation class that's live online is that you will get to meet the other couples on the classes. Um, mm. And I think, so, you know, creating that sense of community and belonging and being part of a group um, is crucial at this time to not feel that isolation. So with all my classes, I set up WhatsApp groups for the mums. Um, you know, some of these mums are still on it two years later talking about their their toddlers. Um, I woke up this morning and one of the groups, which I'm still on, had 200 messages just over one night. So <laughs> wow. these people are, you know, these mothers are, are talking to each other all of the time. And I think, you know, creating that support network, however you do it, whether it's join a class or fate, there's some great Facebook groups um, that, you know, you don't feel alone um, in this and you do feel like you can reach out and, and 
uh, feel supported by other people and, and feel part of a community. Um, and we have our Facebook group, the Informed Pregnancy and Birth UAE Facebook group, which is a great place to ask questions and connect. Um, so um, I really recommend joining that if you're pregnant listening to this, because you can get the most up-to-date information. I think information is good. I think getting the latest information to to know what's going on is really good, but then leaving it at that and then going to focus on something more positive. Um, yeah exactly because there's a lot of things that are completely out of our control yeah so you know and and it seems to be sort of changing daily there's Mm -hmm. as it is everywhere in the world you know we're getting new updates every day yeah so I think yes you need to be on top of what's the latest in terms of you know facts about you know your hospital and you know how many people are allowed in the room etc but then it you sort of need to go back to okay what can I do in this situation yeah I do Um, have to say that I've been watching some um sort of reports out of the UK at the moment and there are some actual positives that are coming out of the situation um as far as um mums go um in in labor with um I think what midwives are seeing there is that without their support people that women are able to kind of really dig deep and find the strength within them Mm -hmm. um I mean I think support people are are great as doulas are fantastic dads can be an amazing support but in some respects that's kind of the underlying message that women are getting is you can't do this alone and you need all these people but actually um, what they're finding in the UK is that women are actually able to do this by themselves and it, it forces them to dig deep and find that strength and power from within themselves. And I think that's actually a really positive thing. Um, yeah, I saw an amazing story you shared, actually. Um, I think it was last week. I'll try and find it and put it in the show notes. Mm. And it was a lady in the UK basically just saying that she was really sort of dreading her birth. Mm. But actually, she had the most beautiful experience. It was so quiet, peaceful, um, you know, because they weren't allowed visitors. It was just so lovely for her, her husband and her baby to have that time. There weren't people coming in and out of the room. Like it ended up being a sort of blessing for her. Yeah. And I think that's happening a lot. Yeah. I think it's happening a lot. And I think that lack of disturbance is, is so important for labor and, and, and just as important for after the birth as well to help with the bonding and the connecting and, you know, with less visitors all playing past the parcel, you know, with the baby, mm. um, you know, breastfeeding, uh, there's stories coming out of the UK that breastfeeding is more, is, is easier for moms than noticing less breastfeeding issues. Um, I hope that translates into the UAE as well. I mean, I think, um, you know, we, we do have some great online services and people on standby, um, to help with breastfeeding when you get home. A lot of that can be done via Zoom. It can be done over the phone. Um, and then, yeah, maybe then where mums don't feel that they have to get back to anything can just help them to really relax into new, those early mothering days. And that's just going to have a really positive effect on them and their babies because there's less urgency to get back to normal. Um, mm. And they can just really sink into 
you know, just being with their babies. So I'm hoping that that will, you know, that will be something that we hear about here as well. Yeah, me too. And can you tell us about your up and coming courses and how you'll be running those during um, this lockdown period, which obviously, you know, we don't know how long it's going to go on for. Yeah, so um, I am doing my classes via Zoom, um, live, online, um, with quite small groups um, and um, or private ones. So I've got a number of private clients doing one-to-one stuff on Zoom, and I have my uh, group classes as well, um, which are they're pretty full for May, but um, I'm hoping either maybe... I don't know, for some of those, we might go back to physical classes. It'd be lovely to have physical classes by June. Um, but in the meantime, I'm doing them um, via Zoom. And actually they're translating quite well. I've had lots of great feedback about, um, you know, they're still quite interactive. I still use, you know, I use the breakout rooms in, in Zoom to create more mm. sense of community. Um, so it's not just kind of strangers on a screen. Um, and yeah, I think and how often, and how often are these Jasmine? Yeah. So they are uh, Monday nights, um, from six till or six, yeah, 6 PM till 10 PM, um, Monday nights or, and that's for four weeks or you do Fridays, um, 10 till two, um, for four weeks in a row. So, um, they're running in May and then they'll be running in June and I normally go home for the summer, but I don't think that will be happening. So I'll probably be running them in July and August as well. Um, and for those people who are doing online classes, if, we, if they're still pregnant, when we can get back to in-person classes, I'll be running um, drop-in, free drop-in sessions for everyone who's done my online classes so that they can get some more personal um, physical uh, time with me if if need be so we do a lot of practice during the classes so it's nice to to do that and if that's not possible then I'm also offering everybody an extra one-to-one hour session to go through any personal stuff with the people that have done my group classes. And do you advise that people bring their partners on the course as well? Absolutely yes. <laughs> um, I think at the moment, obviously, we are still allowed one person in the delivery room here. And, you know, I think the dads, it's usually the dads. And I think if dads are expected to be there and to help, they deserve some training on that. Mm. Um, I think the, the cruelest thing we could ever do to a, a future expecting dad is to throw him in a room with, um, in a situation that he's never been in, watching his wife go through labor with no information understanding or ability to to help um effectively so yeah absolutely bringing dad to the physical classes or online classes so that they can they can really understand and support you advocate for you help you with different massage techniques or you know just staying calm themselves so that you don't have to worry about them um is really useful so yeah absolutely um would encourage dads to come along yeah and I think it's it's really important for them to even little things like they know sort of the stages Mm. and not to be alarmed at certain points and um you know because I'm sure some husbands have better poker faces than others so it's that ability to be able to you know 
support you and for them to have that knowledge as well so that you know when you say to them is is everything okay is this normal they know yeah no remember we learned about this this yeah. is this bit don't worry they can kind of because like you said at the moment we can only have one birthing partner so you really want that person to be to be your rock yeah you know um and i think that sometimes i think dads can get a bit forgotten about during the pregnancy because it's it's all about you isn't it and you sort of get all the attention but i think it's it's a lovely bonding experience as well absolutely um, it's something that you can do together before baby comes yeah absolutely um yeah i think feeling a, like a good team during the the birthing labor and birthing process yeah. really does set you up for those um you know those first few weeks months of of having a newborn in the house and um yeah that you know it's not just the birth of a baby that day it's the birth of a mother and it's also the birth of a father um and yeah we absolutely need to include them and being part of a, a program like hypnobirthing or antenatal classes um can help you know make sure that you're on the same page um make sure you go through that kind of doorway into parenthood holding hands together um and i think that can really set you up for um, a better relationship in the future as well absolutely i couldn't agree more um what i'm going to do is put your contact details um in the show notes so people can get in touch with you if they want to inquire about whether it's uh, next month june july they'll be able to get in touch with you yeah that'd be great thanks so we're going to do a bit of a quick fire round now okay <laughs> um, this is how i end every episode um so jasmine what's your one piece of advice for first time mummies um i found yeah this is hard to just give one but i think the one thing i wish i'd kind of taken more on board was that at whatever stage you're at when it comes to newborns and even toddlers and even teenagers um that it's just a phase and it's just a stage and um amy my um amy vogler my beautiful business partner will often say um these words to new moms and it's this too shall pass <laughs> um i think when you're in like the trenches of any particular stage whether it's the feeding or the lack of sleep or whatever it can feel like it's forever but it will pass and i think you need to keep telling yourself that yeah i i love that saying and i love amy yeah. she's <laughs> she's so she's so amazing um one thing you've learned about yourself after becoming a mum um yeah for this i think i had a good think about this one i think i'm quite a perfectionist and i wanted to you know i've had 10 years or 13 years now of parenting and it's taken me this long to realize this one but um perfection is sometimes attainable but absolutely not sustainable over long periods of time so you just have to let go um of your impossibly high standards for everything including yourself and i think i've just learned to believe that i'm good enough um 
and to yeah let go of the wanting to do everything just right I like that obtainable but not sustainable yeah some I mean you could argue that it's not even attainable because what you might believe is the right way to do it actually is just you know and we often do things in a certain way because we want to do it different to how we were brought up but what happens Mm. is you overcompensate so you go over the top in that opposite direction to how you were brought up and that creates problems of its own (laughs) yeah and then in and then in that process you make a hundred different mistakes yeah um you know and I think it's sort of human nature isn't it to want to first of all give your child the things that maybe you didn't have Mm. and then the things you you did have but yeah also kind of oh well I want to do this thing a little bit differently but in the process you know you're going to do loads of other things that your child will then grow up and say well I didn't quite like how we did that so I'm going to do this with my children um and I guess all you all you can really do is your best and uh, what I hear a lot from um, from mums and and people like yourself who are um, working in in this industry is you have to learn to trust your instincts absolutely yeah yeah and not worry so much about sort of outside noise and yeah I think what other people think yeah I mean it is it is good to trust your instincts but um on, this, on another level, though, depend, it depends what your instincts are telling you and where your instincts are coming from. So our instincts come from our, our programming um, and our past experiences. And if you've got some issues back there or some trauma back there and your instincts are to, you know, not do something that positive, then we have to be careful of saying trust your instincts. Mm. Because some people don't have positive instincts. Um and I think, I think a lot of women worry about whether or not they're going to have those maternal instincts coming through because everyone says that they should be there. But if they weren't mothered, um, if they've got, you know, history um, that's, uh, you know, sort of negative history, then, then um, you know, that, that's worth thinking about. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. And we could do a whole other episode on this I think it's so important to make sure you know last year I went through a coaching program um, an intense six-month coaching program and I received a lot of coaching and I did a lot of work on myself because I had quite a few self-limiting beliefs that I was keeping hold of Mm -hmm. and they were from when I was a child Mm and I wanted to let them go yeah um and I'm so glad I mean I still have lots of work to do we all do it it's ongoing but I'm so glad that I had a chance to do that because you're right my instinct might be something that's from my past Mm. um that I'm then sort of projecting onto my child but it's it's complicated isn't it and I think that not everyone gets the opportunity to sort of do that work or even have the time to even have that thought mm, yeah um so maybe we can do a whole other episode on that because I, I do find it really fascinating yeah um what's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before you became a mum <laughs> well interestingly it follows on um exactly from what we've just been talking about um and it's 
I wish that I'd realized before I got pregnant um, about how my issues and my unresolved and subconscious issues from my childhood might show up in my children later on. So I think understanding that we unwittingly will project um, our kind of um, subconscious beliefs or attitudes or uh, states um, onto our children when they're quite young, um, certainly right from even pregnancy onwards. Um, our babies are connected to us physically in the womb. So, um, and in those early days of parenting, uh, they are picking, they are literally open sponges. They are completely, mm. um, uh, not con you know, they're, they're kind of absorbing everything. And even if you're not saying something or doing something, they will pick up on all of your stuff. <laughs> um, and, um, that will become absorbed by them. So I think if I realized that beforehand, I would have done a lot more work on myself beforehand. So that's the answer to that. It's hard though, isn't it? Because it's, there's, there's a part of it that's inevitable because we're human. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to pass things on. I think, you know, I think about this every day now, like, you know, how am I going to bring her up and, what do I what what are the values and beliefs I want to instill in her but yet still give her options and it's and it's and it's a minefield it's like the responsibility just goes it oh, is I'm, I'm like I don't want to mess this kid up no I know and I think <laughs> you, you, it's about balance you have to get to a point where you're like well they need something to go to therapy for later in life but if I can be more we all end up we all end there, up there at some point but um if we can just be a little bit more conscious and you know yeah. like you say let go of some of those self-limiting um thoughts beliefs and just at least question your beliefs about not you know not just about birth but question them about everything and um and just try and clear out some of your own your own stuff before that you know you know it's about clearing up as much as you can from your, you know, from what you've received from your parents, what they received from their parents, you know, generation yeah. by generation that, you know, we're, we are very lucky now to have a bit more awareness with, you know, in, in this situation that we're in, we've got a bit more time maybe to, to ask these questions of ourselves um, and to clear up as much of the stuff that's been passed on, the negative stuff that's been passed on to you um, mm. and not pass it on to the next the next generation obviously all the good stuff keep that flowing but you know do a little bit of housekeeping um before you have kids mental housekeeping yeah, yeah. and and like you said it's we're lucky now that it is it's a conversation that people have yeah you know maybe two, one even one generation yeah. ago it wasn't so accepted to talk about men mental health was not a topic um, that people necessarily spoke about whereas now I think we are encouraged to check in with our mental health and make sure that you know we're okay and that's that's such a positive thing yeah um because I, I think a lot of people and this coaching course I did their whole motto is um you know becoming awake to yourself yeah. um and alive alive to yourself and awake to others so that you you know you're not just sort of walking around in a daze which yeah. unfortunately I think a lot a lot of people are yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about being a mum 
Um, hearing my kids' laughter. Um, I'm really lucky their dad is uh, super fun and super um, kind of joking around all the time. So I love to just hear them all giggling and laughing. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite thing. And finally, Jasmine, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? Um, yeah, this is quite hard as well. So um, uh, vulnerability, um, but also on the other side of that, strength and um, connection. I think it's really helped me to connect with myself more and it's helped me to connect with others more. So yeah, those three words. Oh, that is so beautiful. And just before we wrap up, do you have a message for any expecting mums listening right now who, you know, are maybe feeling overwhelmed and, and scared, um, given obviously what, what we're all currently going through and living through? Do you mm. have any sort of words of words of wisdom for them? Yeah, I think I think kind of similar to what I was saying before, just, um, you know, get the information you need, but then come off of social media, um, get some physical exercise, um, whether that's doing some Pilates, online Pilates or yoga or walking around the house or walking up and down the stairs to, you know, not, not just because it's going to be better um, to help keep you fit for labor, but also because of endorphin release. Um, and you know use your breath um we talk about always taking a deep breath and i think i remember for quite a long time getting sick of people telling me to do that but um there's so many uh studies to show that your breath can help you know you keep calm so um mm. you learn this on the hypnobirthing course but it's very simple one of the breathing techniques is to take a deep breath in and then a longer breath out and if you're doing yoga or any other kind of class like that they 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 teach you this breath all of the time, but there's um, something very special about breathing out for longer than you breathe in as it, it calms the nervous system down. So lots of regular um, calm breaths and find some way of relaxing. Um, so there's actually a free relaxation on my Facebook page. If you want to go there, you can just um, go to the link and you can download a free relaxation. It's about half an hour. Um, I've been told that most people are asleep by the time they finish it. So um, that's going to be good. So please feel free to go and download that and listen to that and make time for regular relaxation throughout your day. Um, a lot of my mums at the moment are, you know, trying to work from home and they've got so much stuff going on and they, they're not making time, but you have to make the time for yourself. So mm. prioritize yourself, your emotional health, your physical health. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, join my hypnobirthing course, of course. <laughs> well, what, what I'll do is I'll put all your information in the show notes, including the link mm. for um, that free relaxation, because it's amazing. And, um, you know, I think women can, they can just use it every night <laughs> if they need to, mm. just to help them, you know, fall asleep, even during the day as well, yeah. um, just to, to check in and have that relaxation. Yeah. And if anyone's really, you know, really worried and scared and they, they want to reach out and just have a chat with me, I'm more than happy to do that. So um, I think sometimes just talking about your worries and your fears and, and, and talking to somebody who's been there and, 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 you know, has, you know, whether that's me or one of the other 
uh, amazing hypnobirthing teachers that we have in, in Dubai. Um, come onto our Facebook group as well and, and put your concerns and worries on there and feel the support of a community because um, you are not alone in, in this. We are all here for you. Yeah, and there is such an amazing community here. So, um, yeah, I, I second that to any mums to be listening. Please reach out and speak to someone because there's amazing support available. And just by speaking out loud, it can really, can really help. Just, just vocalizing your worries can be a real release of of anxiety and stress. Yeah. So. Yeah, things are hard, but we. You're not alone. Yeah, we can do hard things. Um, especially if we're together. Of course, we can. We're women. Yes, exactly. We can, we can do anything. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I say, we're all we're all here for you. So reach out and um, and um, yeah. Oh, Jasmine, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I'm yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. I'm sad that we're not doing it in person, but we will do another episode in person as soon as we can. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's been um, a pleasure. But I'm also I'm also very honored that you are my first virtual podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's my, so, it's my first, thank you my so first much. podcast as well. So thanks for being such a lovely host and making me feel at ease and um yeah, I look forward to the next one. Oh, Jasmine, thank you so much. Okay, take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much to Jasmine for being Life School's very first virtual podcast guest. You can find links to Jasmine's social pages, website, and contact details in the show notes below, along with further information on her upcoming courses. If you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Bumps and Babies, please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Life School ME the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.